Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Hi, Denise. Hi, Samantha. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? It feels like a long time since we've been on together. We are back at it. And today we have your questions and stories to discuss on our Community Connection Show. And we've got some really great questions. So please pour yourself a cup of tea and join us around the virtual table. Would you like to start us off? I'd love to. Hello, Samantha and Denise. I'm a new listener and I'm learning a lot from your podcast. Thank you for providing so much wonderful information and so many resources. I'm wondering if, how, our loved ones who have crossed over can visit us in spirit if they've reincarnated. Also, when people pass, do their souls visit loved ones from more than one past life? Thank you, Amy. This is a great question because the way I understand it is that a part of us always stays on the other side, like a link, like an anchor. And we're able to, if we can really go down the rabbit hole with this, with multiple dimensions and lifetimes happen simultaneously. And there's so many theories and it's very, very interesting. I believe that there is always a part of that. So a, a good example would be if someone has passed quite a long time ago, they come to visit you and it's been years and years and they've moved on to another life, how can they still be seeing us is because I think that there's a duality on the other side that we don't have in this dimension and in this realm. I think from other lifetimes that can show up in dreams, that can show up with uh, acquaintances you might meet on the street, it can show up with messengers who come into our lives. But I think the big thing is we're the only ones held by the man-made restraints of time and um and the density of, of this plane that we're on. And I know that sounds kind of airy-fairy woo-woo, but uh, I think that's, that's my perspective on it. How about you, Samantha? Gordon Smith explained this so simply one time that it's, it's always stuck with me. He said, think about a CD or a DVD. You can make copies of it, but the original is always the original. And so our higher self is like that original CD, and it stays on the other side. And copies of us get reincarnated. So the original higher self soul is always on the other side and can always visit family members, whether it's from this lifetime or other lifetimes. Doesn't that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah, I have a good friend. I think I've shared on this show or maybe on Psychic Teachers. And I connect very, very easily to him since he passed. And he did come to me in a dream and told me he was getting ready to reincarnate and was going to be born to his younger brother, and that they were going to give him the same name. And sure enough, his younger brother got pregnant. <laughs> he did not get pregnant. His wife got pregnant. <laughs> and they named, he had a little boy, and they named him his name. And I thought, oh, wow. And But then I was really sad, you know, because I thought, what if Gordon Smith is wrong? Like, what if, what if my dear friend really is, you know, back here and not watching over me from the other side? And I had this really wonderful thing happen uh, in 2020, if anyone can imagine that. I had this really wonderful, happy day, and I actually had something to celebrate, and I was so excited. And normally when something like that happens, I'll think, oh, I bet that was my friend watching out for me. And whenever he does watch out for me, I will usually hear a Billy Joel song. And I get in the car, and I'm just so happy, and I turn on the radio, and Piano Man is playing. And Denise, you know that's always his song he plays. Right. 
And I was like, oh, you are still here. So even if they have reincarnated, they they still are on the other side. And and I know that does sound kind of airy fairy, and yet, you know, we're we're just little brains here in this dimension. There's so much we can't comprehend. But that love is always there, whether they're in heaven or whether they're reincarnated back here on earth. There's nothing stronger than that connection of love, and it will always reach out through time, through dimensions, to be with us. Beautifully said. Okay, our next one is a story. Hi, Samantha and Denise. I just finished listening to your premonition episode. And when Samantha asked the listeners to send dream emails, I knew I had to share a special dream I had. That's neither a premonition nor precognitive, but maybe something in between. A little background. I'm an African-American female. My husband is white, and so is his family. Two years ago, we went to visit his parents to meet our new baby nephew. Nephew was a special surprise because neither my brother-in-law nor his now ex-girlfriend expected his arrival. But the nephew has been warmly welcomed nonetheless. We were so overjoyed to finally meet this little guy. And to be honest, I probably more so than my husband. As I'm holding my nephew, my mother-in-law shares that he lives with his mother and her grandparents. And her grandparents do not accept people of other races. In other words, they harbor racist beliefs. Although my mother-in-law's intentions were meant to comfort me by trying to show the differences between the nephew's two families, my heart sank hearing this. I know my nephew was loved and cared for by all members of his family, but it was painful to know that he lives in a home where he may be encouraged to think in the same hurtful way as his maternal grandparents. I hid my pain from others for the rest of the evening, saddened that I may not be able to have a healthy relationship with this child who may grow up to dislike me for my skin color. Eventually, my husband and I said our goodbyes and went home. That night, I had a dream that I was back in my in-laws' home, standing in their entryway facing the living room. Nothing seemed off or strange about their home, as dream homes often are, except there was a man standing in the middle of their living room. He was tall, looked to be in his early 20s, and was staring at me. I've never seen this man before, but as I looked closer, I noticed he resembled my brother-in-law. He had the same square jaw and dark features, but was taller and bigger in stature. I called out his name in disbelief that I was seeing this nephew as a grown man, and he smiled at me in response. Then I woke up. The dream was so brief, lasting for maybe five or ten seconds, but its impact was monumental. Oh, there was one odd thing about the dream. There was a light behind him. I thought he was standing in front of a lit window, but there are no windows in my in-laws' living rooms. Maybe this is just a coincidence, but I cannot shake that this was more than a typical dream. Thank you for taking time to read this. I'd love to know what you think this dream could mean. And I know you've heard it a million times, but I'm a huge fan and have been listening for years. I sincerely wish the best for you all. Love, Ebony. Well, Ebony, thank you for sharing that beautiful story and I don't know about you, Denise, but my heart just sank when I read the first part of that story. It's so, it shouldn't be shocking, but it still is like a shock to my system when I hear that there are people like that out there, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. What I think this dream, I think that the soul, the higher self of this nephew was reaching out to her in this dream to say, when I grow up, when I'm a man in my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, however old I get to be. I will always be here with this family, loving you and supporting you. 
and the light behind him was just indicative of the fact that this was his higher self coming to visit her. And the fact that it was in the in-laws home to me symbolizes that they will always be family and they'll always have that connection heart to heart. And that being raised in a home with these racial racist people is not going to affect his love for Ebony. I, I think that it's a beautiful opportunity as well for shift and change to happen in that family. Yes. And I believe that in my soul that that's a huge, huge part of what we're all trying to do right now together. But I think what we have to realize during these painful, frustrating times is that these shifts and changes, they do take time. People don't change overnight. Right. But it is changing. I can feel it. You can feel it. The pendulum is swinging to a more positive tone. And we're going to get there together hand in hand. I, I agree 100%. Our next one says, hi, ladies. First and foremost, thank you so much for all you do. I know you probably hear this a lot, but I've truly learned so much from you. You know, I want to just add in real quick. We've learned so much from all of you as well. So thank you for sharing who you are, your dreams, your aspirations, your your uh, life as an empath. Uh, it really solidifies how much we're all in this together. Amen. This show would be nothing without you guys. Exactly. Um, so thank you for that intro to the person who wrote this. <laughs> uh, I've had a few dreams that have come true ever since I was a child. For example, when I was young, I would always dream of slow dancing with a man with no music ever playing. Lo and behold, years later, my husband and I always dance with each other with no music needed. I'd like to tell you about one dream that has stuck with me for years, and I've never really found the place to share it publicly. When I was about 19, I dreamt I was driving with my now husband over this large bridge in our area. We were anxiously trying to drive out of the area because something was bad behind us. Not sure what it was, but we were stuck in traffic. I looked out the window and I see wildlife walking on the side of the bridge towards danger. There are deer, owls, foxes, skunks, wolves, all of Mother Nature's wonder creatures. I made eye contact with a, a mama deer walking with her baby. The dream then zooms into her eyes and I see a map. This is where it gets kind of weird. On this map, there are signs of disaster. The West Coast were where California, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Nevada turns red, fire. It spans to Texas, Louisiana area and turns blue in the New York, New Jersey area. East Coast turns blue, water. It did this for a bit for different parts of the U.S., when I woke up, I was shaken, but there wasn't much I could do. About two years ago, I had the exact dream, but this time when mama and baby deer showed up, mama broke away from the other animals and started to walk next to our car. She told me, I've been walking with you this whole time. I personally think that it was a message from my guide saying stuff is going to happen and it's going to get scary, but we're here. Thank you for taking the time to read this, Nicole. See, I love when animals show up in dreams because they, they have a truth and I, I think their messages are, are astoundingly accurate. When, and we could go into all the symbolism of the different animals that showed up in this, this dream, but it also is really apparent her connection and the fact that she had the dream again. But I love, love, love is that she got the message in that second dream that there's support from, from Mother Earth, from the animal kingdom, from spirit, 
that we will get through this together. And we are in a really tumultuous time right now, but we all know this too shall pass and we'll get on the other side of it. Yeah. And I would remind her not to feel too worried about this dream or responsible. Very often when people have fairly negative precognitive dreams, they feel responsible, like they should have done something. But this made me think of Edgar Casey. Didn't mm-hmm. he predict that California would be gone by now? True. And I think 90% of his predictions have come true, and yet that one has not. It always makes me feel that as psychics, we can see a little further down the road. However, the future is not carved in stone. This isn't Calvinist predestination stuff. You know, we can, and our higher selves and our guides and angels can see what may come down the road if things continue as they are now. Yet what I think this dream was saying is that there are forces at work, at play, that we can't even comprehend that are working to help save our planet. Now, the deer is sacred to the druids because the deer is the guardian of the forest. So I think it's really important that she saw the deer. Deers are sacred to many cultures because they are guardians of the forest, but also because they're so gentle as well. They have that gentle respect for nature. And so I feel like this is a really important dream that, yeah, shit's bad right now, (laughs) but don't worry, kid. We're on it. We're watching it. We're walking with you every step of the way. We're guardian. We're guardians and we're guarding the forest of the earth. So I feel like it's not such a terrible dream. I think it's really, like you said, Denise, more hopeful. Right. And deer can also be indicative of gentle new beginnings. So that could also be something to come on 2021. I feel like having a New Year's Eve party every night to get it going. Okay. (laughs) Our next question says, hello, my name is Celinda and I listen to your Enlightened Empaths podcast religiously. I've thought to write to you numerous times and have not. Reason being that there were topics that I was interested in hearing more about. Instead, each topic I was thinking of, you then spoke about it in the next podcast. The first three times this happened, I thought, okay, weird, cool, exactly what I wanted to hear. But now this is the fifth time at least. I said, okay, that's it. I have to reach out. Because just a day ago, I was informing my cousin all about your podcast, explaining the situation to her. And I started to tell her that a few months ago, I would document my dreams by drawing them. I haven't done it in a while and I wanted to get back to it. With that said, your latest podcast is now on dreams. My question to you is what is going on? Every time I think to write to you or think about a topic I would like to know your thoughts on, the very next podcast or two, it's on the topic I thought of. This dream podcast is really the closest, though, because I was having this conversation on Thursday, and last night, Friday, I saw the podcast. I'm sorry if this is too wordy. I'm hoping I'm explaining this right. Normally, I would never reach out about something like this, but it's too many coincidences. I respect your perspective and would like to hear your thoughts. Okay, I think that is so cool, Denise. And you know what's really weird? This came through our Facebook inbox. The next message, or I'm sorry, the message before hers was from a listener who said, Hey, Samantha and Denise, I just had a great reading with Michael Bodine. Have you ever thought about having him on the podcast? (laughs) What are the odds, right? That is so cool. 
Yeah, so I emailed or Facebooked her back and I said, you're not going to believe this, but we already uh, recorded an interview with him. So I think what this is, is that we are all empaths. And in my opinion, all empaths are also naturally intuitive, which means that we're more tapped into the collective unconscious than the average person. Not that we're better or special, just that we're more tapped in. And I think now, especially the weight of this year is really starting to bear down on us. And I think what we as empaths do, because we're naturally compassionate and we're trying to reach out to others and help others, I think we're tapping into this collective unconscious more strongly for good and bad. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you can tap in to the unconscious of the whole world just to kind of send hope, send healing, send love, send light. And yet sometimes you can tap in and feel the, the weight that I was talking about and the sadness and the worry and the anxiety. But I think what this lovely listener was doing is, is tapping into us and what we were planning and, and reciprocal. I think we were tapping into her and what she was needing. I agree. And it's fascinating to start paying attention to this. So why do so many people reach out to us in readings or in conversation or in just our everyday relationships that are mirroring things that are going on with someone else that they have no connection with. So I agree as we become more intuitive and, and also, you know, that whole bit of all subconscious minds are connected. And that's an interesting thing to read about in research. And if you think about that, it would make sense why we're all, we all, and haven't you been having really bizarre dreams lately? Yes. Very Yes, and a lot of people. So the fact that we were nudged to do the dream shows and then people are saying, oh my gosh, I, I've been having this weird stuff with dreams. That's the perfect example. That we're- I, I invite everyone to just tap in and pay attention to that more in your own life. Like Denise, you were saying you've noticed it in your readings. I've started making note of this with my online store. So we're in November now. So I'm really trying to amp up my inventory for the Christmas holiday season. And so I've been making a lot of bracelets. Normally I make them to order so I can really pray for the person, but I'm trying to get a jump start on the orders coming in. So like on Saturday, I made 10 rose quartz bracelets. That night I sold eight rose quartz bracelets. I never get a big lump of one type of bracelet. And yet it's been happening more and more and more. I just started, um, I have these sprays on my on my store that I, that I love to make. And I thought, you know what we really need right now is a happy, happy, joy, joy spray. Mm-hmm. So I got like citrine and carnelian and I charged them with the new moon energy. And then I'm going to charge them with the full moon energy. And I'm mixing and playing around with orange and lemongrass and different happy oils to, to make this spray. I have gotten two emails from listeners just since I started kind of playing with this new spray, asking me to make a happy spray. <laughs> Things you can't make up. It's That's weird. Perfect. I love it. It's so cool to track. Fantastic. Our next one. Hi, Denise and Samantha. I just wanted to tell you that your podcast is amazing and it keeps me going through my work days. Your show makes me feel way less weird. I have a question that I'm hoping you might have an answer for. Ever since I got my driver's license when I was 16, I've noticed that every time I pass by an animal on the road that's been run over by a car, I get the chills. 
I can see them on the road before I get there and I don't have any strange feelings. But the second I pass by it, the chills strike right up my spine. I'm just now starting my spiritual journey and can now realize that this might be related. Is the animal spirit still with the body and I can feel it pass through me? I'm not sure if animal spirits hang around and do that. Any knowledge or insight would be quite would help quite a bit. Thank you so much, Sarah. I I do believe animals have souls. I believe that they have a, a unique energy. And I I always say a little prayer when there's roadkill or that's that sounded so harsh and I don't mean it that way, but when something has been killed on the road, I do, I pray, I I send good energy, I, you know, I I think of them as an individual little creature on the planet. I also think that this person, Sarah, you might really be um, an animal empath to have that kind of a visceral reaction to feeling the energy and getting chills up your spine. I, I know that pets will come and visit us and stick around. So I don't see why other animal spirits wouldn't hang around and do that as well. So uh, I think to explore this a little bit more, you might want to like really build a, you might have a natural connection as well with uh, animal energy and they'll come in as totems or they'll come in as signs and symbols for you. But this is um, sending them love and, and prayer when you see them uh, that they passed on the road can be really, I think it's a kind thing to do. I do too. I always try to say prayers for them as well. And, you know, since she said our podcast makes her feel way less weird, I'll share um, another weirdness about myself. <laughs> Whenever I see animals deceased on the side of the road, I always think to myself, what if that were a human lying on the side of the road? Oh. Would we ever just drive past and keep on going? And what has to happen to our world, to our consciousness, to our hearts, to get us to that point where we see animals the same way? I mean, don't you think that'll be something just beautiful and wondrous that will happen to the world? I do think it'll happen to the world one day. I do. I feel that strongly, that one day we will see animals with the same respect that we see humans with. Although that needs some work too, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay, our next question says, hello, I just watched a TikTok and the gentleman said that it's not good to clean crystals in the sun or the moon because of all the energies that could come in. I've never heard of that and I know you don't feel that way, so do you have any thoughts? All right, listener, I have a lot of thoughts on TikTok. My teenagers watch TikTok all the time and the questions I get from them based on TikTok are, you should see the concoctions they make in our house because of TikTok. <laughs> they're putting coconut oil in their hair. They're putting weird face masks. I, I, I don't know what's happening with TikTok. Um, I understand what he's saying. That if you think about it, if the sun and the moon and all, just all the energies out there right now, and you're putting your crystals out to imbibe all that energy, like sometimes I think about that when I collect moon water. You know how when it if if it's raining on a full moon, you're supposed to put a bowl out and collect it. Sometimes I think, what's in this water, right? But what I believe is that the sun and the moon are way stronger than the energies in the planet right now. I mean, that's why the sun and the moon helps our earth be what it is. So it's all about intention. And when you're putting your stones out to be cleansed or charged in the sun and the moon, your intention is to invite only the energy of the sun and the moon. 
And if the sun is strong enough to, to burn through everything, it's going to burn through the negativity and chaos in the world right now. And same with the gentle yet equally strong energy of the moonbeams. How do you feel? I think that connection with nature circumvents anything. The, the sun is a powerful healer, as is the moon. And I know that sounds a little, and I don't mean that in following any um, you know, Wiccan or pagan or anything else. I just think if you have a connection with nature and a connection with earth energy, that I don't think that there would be anything negative that would get trapped. I think it would dispel that energy because it's so much stronger than anything else that would be out there on this realm anyway. Take that TikTok. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, just think about it when you, you spend time out in, in the, like stand under the moon and feel that energy or stand under the sun and feel that energy. It's very peaceful. It's healing. It's calming. It's not, it's not a, I've never, ever felt a negativity from either one. No, not, I, it's never even crossed my mind. I mean, our earth wouldn't exist without the sun. We would, you know, die. And the moon, I mean, it runs all of our tides in the waters and within us. I mean, no, I've, I've never thought of that. I think it's, I think it's, um, you know, that man's opinion and he has his right to his opinion. And, you know, you and I could be way wrong, but we might, we might. it's happened before it'll happen again, but I feel pretty strongly about putting my crystals out in the sun and the moon. It works. That's a really good point. If this really resonates with someone, then they should honor their own inner knowing and light and follow that. Not what we say or what someone else says truly, because as empaths, as intuitives, as sensitives, I think that's what we're all working towards is learning to trust ourselves more in what we believe in our heart to be true. Well said. Thanks. So greetings. I just listened to your grounding episode. This is what's worked for me. I'm military and have worked outside the home throughout COVID. At times, I just need to take a walk. Once I take a walk, I sit on a picnic table bench, breathe and or pray. Rosary beads have been helpful. They easily fit in uniform pockets. When I'm really drained, I sit and cross-legged in the grass and put my hands in and on the ground. I do this because I have combat boots on and I'm not removing uniform items on the walk. See, I do think you can you can get that same energy sitting, laying down, putting your hands on the ground. The importance of this is to be grounded and, and to, to, I think, keep your strength and your center and your core um, through that breathing, through that relaxing, through prayer, through whatever works best for you. And, I, and I'm not just volleying all these answers to saying whatever works best for you. But I think that that's an incredibly important message right now during these times. I do too. And, you know, everyone knows rosary beads resonate with me as well. But if anyone listening to this is like, no, I'm not going to pray on rosary beads. I'm not Catholic. I don't believe in any of that. That's fine. My uh, former department chair, she does beautiful jewelry work and she teaches a class. She, she's nicknamed the bead mother. And she teaches a class on beading, and she has done such wonderful history on the power of prayer beads, whatever those prayer beads are. And she's a big advocate that it doesn't have to be, you know, you've got the mala, you've got rosary beads, Anglicans have their own rosaries, the Episcopalian church. There are different types, and she goes into all the different types. But the main thing is just that repetitiveness of saying 
the same word over and over, the same mantra, the same prayer. It doesn't doesn't matter what it is that you're saying so much as in the repetition. It's really grounding and comforting. So I do, I recommend everything that she recommended for grounding, but I do think working with some form of prayer beads, especially during this interesting time we're in. I, I don't know, Denise, I'm worried about people heading into the holidays with all this COVID isolation stuff going on, you know? I agree. I think anything we can do to keep ourselves grounded and sane and feeling connected to something bigger and than ourselves, I just think that's going to be helpful. So, you know, consider something that my friend does. She has a party at her house every year. I doubt she'll have it this year. I don't know. But we all sit around her table and we string beads and we, she does them. Um, she does them for the military. She sends them to, um, I think Walter Reed. And so we make them pretty big beads cause it's for, you know, tough situations on key chains. And we just put nine beads on there. And then we just include a little prayer card. That's not any religion. It's just a prayer card for hope and healing. And I just think doing things like that is so important during this time. And you, I, I agree. I think it's also uh, if you you can also do it with count with saying the same uh, prayer over and over as you're walking with each step. So you know, in a repetitive, like every ten steps, you say, and then you sh- shift it. Or if you're crocheting, or if you're sewing, or if you're doing something with your hands, you can. If you don't have access to to actual beads, there are other ways to do this, but I think the important is that repetition and that centering that comes with it, a sense of peace that comes with it. Yes, you could just say every day in every way, I am feeling better and better. Right. All right, our next one says, hi ladies, I'm a new listener and started from the beginning and working my way towards the most recent episodes. Well, welcome. I've been trying to connect with my guides and loved ones who have passed on by asking for signs based off your tips. Most recently, I asked my grandmother for a sign that she's around. We call my grandma by a very unique name, one I am almost 100% positive no one else calls their grandmother. So I asked for that name to be my sign because then there will be no doubt in my mind that it's her. I asked for this sign last week and I'll admit I forgot to put a time limit on it. Fast forward to today when I was listening to your episode about near-death experiences. Samantha, you were talking about how back in the day, people would be buried with a string in their hand that would be attached to a bell above ground. If the person ended up not actually being dead when buried, they would ring that bell. You said something along the lines of, could you imagine walking through a graveyard and Grandma Edith starts ringing her bell? (laughs) Well, my grandma's name was Edith. So my question is, was that supposed to be my sign? It kind of stunned me when you said that. Grandma Edith is ringing her bell to get my attention. Samantha, how often do you reference a random grandma by the name of Edith? Well, Miranda, I did write her back because this really struck me. I've never used the name Edith, and I don't remember even saying that because that name is not in my repertoire. You know how you just have like certain names that'll tumble out of your mouth? Mm -hmm. I've never known an Edith, ever. I've never spoken to an Edith. I've never read a book by a favorite author named Edith, like that name just, I don't know where I would have come up with that name. I'm taking it that Edith just popped in and said, hey, my girl needs to hear this name. So Yeah, 
ring ring the bell of her of her conscience <laughs> and and let her know I can't get the weird nickname through, but Edith is pretty unique too. So that's what I'm bringing through. I just think that is so cool, and it shows the wonderful, often difficult things that our loved ones in heaven will go through to get our attention and say, hey, I do, I hear you, I hear you. Right. And there's a lot of that happening right now for folks. So pay attention. They're, they're trying to get our attention. Let and look, I, alone in this. I just was thinking in class, in our mediumship class, I was telling this story about how, you know, don't take every validation at face value so I was telling the story how I was talking to a woman and I was connecting her to um, a loved one. And I said, oh my gosh, she's so cute. She's just a little pumpkin. And the woman got all emotional and said, that's what we nicknamed her. Now, I call everyone who's cute little pumpkin. My girls are my pumpkins. My dogs are my little pumpkins. That's a nickname I use all the time. So I couldn't take that as a validation because I don't know if, that was coming from me or through me. But Edith, I can tell you, she needs to take as a validation because I would be honest, I would say, oh, I call everyone Grandma Edith or my grandmother's name was Edith. I would, I would totally say that. And I think everyone knows me well enough to know that. That's just not a name I would have used. And I think that's such a, I love this story. It's a great, it's a great story. And it also is, it just shows how they'll find a way to let you know that they're okay and that they're around you for support and love and encouragement. Her sign was answered, which is even better. Yes. Our next one says, hello, Denise and Samantha. Every week I look forward to a new episode as well as Psychic Teachers with Deb. Thank you for being friendly, loving, and supportive along this life journey. My question is about Christ consciousness. With respect, what do you think makes this energy as potent and strong as it is? I'm probably not the only listener who doesn't have deep roots or a background in Christian faith. But as an empath, I feel so moved by others who, who do know and believe this to be their true faith. Every year at Christmas, I go to church with my grandma and tears stream down my face, moved by the music and tradition of it all. I wonder why this is when I more frequently resonate with so many other modalities, astrology, energy, shamanism, goddesses, etc. Alexa. And I think I love comparative religions. I, I think it's fascinating. I think, and this is my own personal belief, is that it's, um, this. I'm putting myself out on, on a limb a little bit with this one, but I don't think it makes, it doesn't make any sense to me personally that because you choose one ascended master or one religion or one direction, that somehow that gives you more to work with than someone else who chooses something differently. Because if you go back to the tenets of all the religions, they all say the same thing. If you go back to the real basic roots of them and how people align to choose to, to follow or whatever. And I think organized religion in any form or anyone you choose to follow does bring a sense of peace, solace and contentment that is so very important. So I'm not discounting or agreeing. I think Christ consciousness is one of many we can tap into and align with. I think it's um, if if you you can look at it outside of the Christian faith and not just as from a place of, of um, that being the only path you can take. 
but I know that you're being still a practicing Catholic, you probably have a different perspective, Samantha. No, not really. I have a friend who's a pagan and she explained it to me this way. She said, I think there's like some alien spaceship in the sky and every thousand years they they drop off a Christ consciousness. And they're like, all right, your turn. You're going to come as Horus and you're going to explain goodness and kindness to these humans. And a thousand years later, okay, it's your turn. You're going to come as Buddha. And then later, it's your turn. You're going to come as Jesus. And she she tells it way funnier than I am. And she's always like, and you know, you know, they resist. They know they're like, no, not back with those humans. They're so war hungry. But I always, I like that explanation that it's just this, this beam of love. We call it Christ consciousness. You can call it anything else you want to, but it's just love. And I think that's what we're tapping into when we tap into Christ consciousness. And again, it's just love. And that's why it's so strong and powerful. On top of that, when you have all these people around the world believing in that consciousness, if you think about the Tulpa theories, we're breathing reality and reinforcing that consciousness with our own positive energy and it's heightened at different times of the year especially around the holidays and that's a good thing i was listening to someone talk about how if you look back at the the reign of of christ and now we're moving in if she wants to tie this in with the astrology and this shift we're going we're in this age of aquarius now which is a much more feminine energy and that's bringing in the mary consciousness the mary energy the the mother mary effect of, of, um, as I just thought that was very fascinating. If you, so you can, I think there's a thread between everything she mentioned and traditional religion. Personal opinion. I do too. I think it's, it's there. If that's why I love to study mythology because it's there, it's all there. It's all connected. You can see it everywhere. I was telling you, Denise, before we started to record, that Deb and I just interviewed this amazing Druid teacher from Wales, and he has just written a book on the Celtic goddess Ceridwen. And he was explaining, you know, I always like to simplify things because that's how I understand things. So he's explaining this super difficult concept called Awen, which is like this breath of life and love that flows through everyone. And that the Celtic goddess Ceridwen created Awen. And I said, oh, so Awen's like the Holy Spirit and Caridwen is like Mother Mary. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that he necessarily agreed with that. But I just feel like if you look at different stories throughout all cultures, you will find the same threads. And again, that's why I don't think any of us should get hung up on words, you know, or feel that we have to believe in this or be asked to join this or be inducted or initiated into that. It, it everything for me always comes back to the course in miracles. It's all about love and fear. And you have to choose every minute of every day, are you going to support love or fear? And for me, love is Christ consciousness. If for you love is Buddha consciousness or um any other type of, you know, supreme being type thing, that's fine with me. I I don't care what anyone calls it. It's love. I'll get off my soapbox and move on to our next question. <laughs> Hi, it wasn't a soap. 
Your show has been, hi, Samantha and Denise, your show has been so comforting and educational for me. I'm almost embarrassed to admit that I've listened to every episode and replayed a few of them. Oh, please don't be embarrassed. That, that honors us truly. Okay, she continues. Today, I drove to a job interview and arrived a few minutes early, so I took time to review some notes in my car. There was a man parked two spots away from me, and he was listening to the radio while smoking a cigarette. My first thought was to lock my doors because I wasn't in the safest town. The man got out of his car and walked away, so I didn't think anything about him after that. I ended up leaving and coming back to my car because the building was locked and my interview was running late. Well, the man came back out to his car too, smoked another cigarette, and I noticed him looking around the back seat and trunk for something. I thought it was odd, but did not feel worried or scared at all. When I got out to walk to my interview, he called out, excuse me, and I turned around. He said, I know this is really random, but I wanted to give this stone to you. And he proceeded to hand me the stone that I've attached in these pictures. I thanked him and asked if he knew what it was. He said very sweetly, no, but it's a nice polished stone that could bring you some positive energy. I said, wow, what a blessing because I have a job interview right now. His face lit up and he agreed that it was a blessing. I know this could just be a random stone and a random thing a stranger did, but I don't feel like it is. One thing I've started doing lately is acknowledging my angels and asking them for support. With my Baptist background, I've only learned about Jesus and God being there for me, but angels, oh, I'm sorry, I re, I've misread that. With my Baptist background, I have only learned about Jesus and God being there for me, but angels were never discussed in church. I recently re-listened to Finding Peace with Your Guardian Angel episode, and I love thinking about how we all have angels looking out for us and we are able to call on them at any time. I addressed my angels for my last job interview on Friday. I received an offer on the same day and for the one today. It seems like this stone was a gift or a sign from them. It's even more special to me because this interview was my first professional experience with speaking in Spanish, something I'm passionate about and dream of doing as a social worker. I was extremely nervous, but this encounter calmed me and made me smile. Sincerely, Christina. Oh, I love that story. So she did send the pictures and it, it's so hard for me to tell often what a crystal is from a photo of a small tumbled piece, but to, it was orange. So I thought it was either a form of chalcedony or um, calcite, but either way, it was a beautiful stone. And orange is often a stone that brings to us creativity, passion, and joy which are all things I feel she's going to get from this job. And I just love the way this happened. I loved the way either this man was an angel or an angel was working through the man to give this gift and this sign to Christina. It's, it's just so beautiful when we open ourselves up to the fact that our angels are out there helping us, watching over us, and we ask them to help and intervene. It's beautiful to sit back and watch the help they give. It's, it's really miraculous. I mean, for example, my daughter, you know, she's off at college now and it's a huge, wonderful thing for her and very difficult for me. And as you all know, I, I always say a prayer every morning that my children's guardian angels surround them and, you know, bring them protection and love and health and hope and happy memories and times. So I do that every morning. And then at five o'clock on Saturday, I was starting to prepare dinner and I just had this feeling to pray for Olivia. So I reiterated my prayer and I asked that angels of protection surround her. And, you know, now that she's off at college, we FaceTime once a day, but, and 
Thanks to you listeners. I do have Live 360 on all our phones now, so I know where she is, but it's different. I don't know, you know, what she's doing in every moment. So anyway, we FaceTime at night. So she gets home from her day Saturday night and she FaceTimed me and and I said, what'd you do? And she said, well, we took the the train or the, what's it called? The blue line into the city. And uh, she said, it was really fun. And we had dinner and we came home. And I said, okay. And she said, but I had like a really weird experience. And she's talking about this creepy man that was like kind of following them from car to car in this train thing. And it really scared them. And I had told her, if you are going to go into the city, you always need to go with a group. And she was like, yes, of course, mom, always, always, always. Well, do kids ever listen to their moms? I don't think so. Because this time she was just with one of her girlfriends. Usually they go with a group and there's, you know, guys and girls. And she said, we were really freaked out. And I said, what time was this? And she said, it was right around five. Oh. And I was like, Olivia, I felt that. I was like, I prayed for your angels to protect you. And, and she said, oh, that's so weird because it was just, she said, mom, we were so scared. And there was something on him that was beeping. And we were like, oh my gosh, what's, is there something he's, is he like, what's going to happen here? And she said, and all of a sudden he just got up and walked off. So I really think, I know that's not as miraculous an encounter as Christina's, but it's just something recent that happened that I feel demonstrates that our angels are with us, but we have to ask. You've got to ask for that help. We all exist here under the law of free will. So once you ask for that help through prayer or just a simple, hey, help, do your job. They don't care how, you don't have to phrase it beautifully or eloquently, but you just have to ask and it's there. And congratulations, Christina, on getting not one, but two job offers. <laughs> and it also is, you. I don't feel like you're, you're not going against someone's free will if you ask angels to protect them. You're not, you're not interfering. You, you can ask to do that. And I think that's important to consider because we're also conscious of not wanting to uh, peek in someone's psychic window or offer things that aren't, people aren't asking for us. Or it's similar to you, you and I always teach in our classes, don't do drive-by readings. Don't just offer information. But this is different. Asking for protection from the angelic realm, I, I believe, is a universal thing that we all have access to. And it works. Mm-hmm. Our next one. I'm a new listener of this show and psychic teachers, and I absolutely love them. I just listened to your episode, Dreams and Premonitions, and I'd like to share one of mine with you. This one is by far the most prophetic of any dream I've ever had. In March of 2008, my best friend's mother passed away somewhat unexpectedly. She'd been ill, but no one knew it was life-threatening. I knew, though, before I answered my friend's phone call that morning as I had dreamt of her in the hospital bed with a strange woman I'd never seen next to her that said, it's her time. However, that's not the dream I want to share. The true premonition came a couple months later. I had a dream that I saw my friend's mom. She was in a white gown. She did not speak at all. She smiled and pointed to a date that appeared as if it was written on a whiteboard. It said 131. That was all. It took me several months to tell my friend about this dream. It seemed so strange. I couldn't find the words and she was unaware that it wasn't the first time. Eventually, as the date crept closer, I told her and she was actually delighted. I was also by now pregnant and due the end of February and she kept joking that January 31st would be the date I delivered. However, in December, she learned that her aunt, 
her mother's only sibling and living relative, was diagnosed with cancer. As the date crept closer, she feared that this date could really could be what this date really could be. On January 31st, she called me in tears. Her aunt had passed away. All she could say was, how did you know? I told her I was just given a date. I really didn't know. Thanks for letting me share this with you. It's not easy for me to tell people when these things happen to me because I find it often scares them. I understand as it scares me sometimes too. So I really appreciate your podcast. It's almost a form of therapy for me, as silly as that sounds. Sincerely, Leah. And see, dreams are one of the number one ways that spirit will come through. And if you have someone in spirit and you're waiting to dream about them, please know that it takes them time or it may not be how they show up for you. It doesn't mean that they don't love you or don't want to see you or don't want you to see them. Uh, Equally, though, I love that it was so clear that that date was written on a whiteboard for her to see. And it is true. It freaks people out and it's uncomfortable sometimes with what what we choose to or choose not to, to share. But I also think it was this woman's mom's way of letting her know it was going to be okay and she'd be there to welcome her aunt when she passed. You know, I've had several dreams where people have said, like, we're preparing a place for her soon in heaven or, you know, she's going to pass soon. I've had several dreams like that. And the people around me are freaked out by it. I get it too. But upon reflection, I find it really comforting that our birth dates and our death dates are known and that the people on the other side are preparing and making a place and getting this huge welcome party ready. I just find that very comforting. Okay. Our next one says, I just listened to your show and have a premonition dream to share. I dreamt that I was in a car in the passenger seat and my son was driving us through a storm down some winding hills. The roads were wet and slick. There was a lot of traffic. I said to my son, the road is slippery. Do not hit your brakes. Just coast down the hill. A day or so later, I went on a road trip for work. We drove for eight hours to Washington, D.C. I was the driver and one of my bosses was the passenger. We ran into slick roads and rain down the winding highway through the Shenandoah Mountains. As we hit the winding roads in the storm with all the cars, I heard the voice that was in my dream say, do not hit your brakes. Glide down the hill. I did exactly as the dream said. We arrived safely and went to our leadership conference as if nothing happened. I know we had some loving help and I am very grateful. That is a really cool precognitive dream. It's like it set her up for preparation and reminded her just coast down the hill. I also think that that was definitely a premonition dream, but that's just a great message for all of us. Don't you think? Yes. Just coast down the hill right now, people. (laughs) yep put your feet up and float down the river it's going to make it a lot easier row row your boat merrily down the hill (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness hi samantha and denise i absolutely love your show and always look forward to tuning in each week recently you've done some topics on dreams which make me think of a question i've been wanting to ask I have found I mostly dream vivid dreams about people I've not been able to work out my karma with in this lifetime. For example, ex-boyfriends where one of us didn't follow through on the soul contract lesson, friendships where they abruptly ended, and I'm, et cetera. And I'm wondering why this always comes up in my dreams. 
Is it our highest selves getting together, trying to hash things out? Are they thinking and dreaming of me too? Are souls still intertwined and missing one another? Any insight on this would be helpful. Thank you so much for your help. Much love, Sarah. I think there's also that your subconscious is trying to work through this. It could be that a similar lesson is showing up in your life that happened with one of those people that you dream about. It could be, uh, I, I do think it could be that that person, you're making a link with them when you're both in that lull state of being asleep. I, I, that's a whole fascinating topic of people who connect in the dream world. Uh, I think I agree that your highest self trying to get things to, to hash them out, or maybe it's you revisiting on some level did you do your part? Did you do your highest and best in that situation and what you could do to rectify it while you're still here? Because I think that can also be part of it at times. Yeah, I, I do think that when we sleep, sometimes we just sleep and have dreams and it's our body and our subconscious working stuff out. But I think when we have those dreams that are so vivid and real and we remember them chronologically, that to me, in my vivid dream life, that's always a sign to me that this is more than a dream. If it makes sense, if it's chronological, if there's not a lot of symbols, it's almost like just watching a movie. That's a sign that my higher self is on the other side doing work. And so I agree with her that as a soul family, they're meeting on the other side during the dream state while their body is sleeping to work out and go over the soul plan for all of them and say, Ooh, did we screw up here by breaking up too soon? Or were you supposed to be the one who did this and I was supposed to do that? Crap, we can't fix that. So how can we rectify it now? I, I really do think that you work stuff out like that that can't be worked out in the day-to-day life in the dream state. And I think it's I think it's really important work. I'm not sure that your conscious has to remember all of it. So don't be too concerned if you're not remembering your dreams every single day. I think it's enough that your subconscious has absorbed it and you'll start to see aspects of the lessons from those dreams work itself out in your, in your day-to-day life. But yeah, I definitely believe that, that this is soul family work. And by soul family, I don't mean, you know, your family of origin. I mean, your friends and coworkers and past loves and present loves and, and family. It's all part of your soul family. Well, we hope that this has given you guys some food for thought. I know it sure has given us a lot to chew on. It's lots of great stories. I love reading people's premonition and dream stories, and and we just love hearing all of your insightful questions. Don't forget, if you want to share a question or story for December's Community Connection, you can email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com, or you can message us on Facebook. You can find us there under Enlightened Empaths. And we hope you join us. It's a really lovely community. People reach out and connect with each other. And and we just love to see you guys connecting in that way. I also wanted to remind you guys that during this holiday season, I appreciate anyone who goes and, and partakes of my online store. It's really such an honor. And so I'm giving a one ounce spray as a gift, as a thank you to anyone who places an order of $50 or more. You can find all details about that on my website, samanthafay.com. Sounds beautiful. And oh, and I also have a newsletter. So if you want to sign up for my newsletter, you can find that on my website under 
the newsletter tab. Denise, you have do you have a newsletter? I do, and I'm getting better about sending that out. I've I've been I had gone quite a while without that, but that is on my list of things to get more proficient at at being consistent with. Me too. This is the first time I've sent out a newsletter since 2011. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So I'm really happy to be back in that. It's it's lovely. I sent it out in November and I heard from so many people and I just love that 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 sense of connection we all have together. So thank you guys so much for listening and being part of our lives and our community. We hope you have a great week. Don't forget, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.